Welcome to episode 48 of On The Schmooze. Let's do this. Welcome to On The Schmooze, the podcast that highlights talented people from different fields, explores how they built strong networks, and overcame challenges on their way to becoming successful leaders. Now here's your host, Robbie Samuels. The countdown continues. My book is back from the editor and soon will be available for purchase. Announcing here first that the launch date is July 30th. Want to get a free copy of Croissants versus Bagels, Strategic, Effective, and Inclusive Networking at Conferences? Join my launch team for the book and you'll get an advanced copy to review and will be notified when it's available for free on Kindle. Very excited to share this with my listeners. Visit RobbieSamuels.com slash launch team to sign up. On the Schmooze is a proud headliner on the business podcast hub, C-Suite Radio, which is part of C-Suite Network, a network of a half million C-level executives. Now on to this week's show. I'll be sharing tips to help you stay in touch with the people you meet at conferences than other networking events. Remember, networking is about building relationships, not collecting business cards. This is an excerpt from my soon-to-be-released book. Again, you can apply to be on my launch team at robbysamuels.com slash launch team. I encourage you to download the transcript of today's tips so you can easily reference them or share them. Visit ontheschmooze.com and look for episode 48. Exchanging business cards does not indicate that you are establishing a relationship. Evidence of that is when you actually make plans to reconnect. So stop obsessing over collecting as many business cards as possible because all you end up with is a stack of business cards on your desk. Focus instead on having conversations where you leave the person wanting to talk further. Of course, Actually following up is key to building relationships. When I present my Art of the Schmooze session, I ask participants to raise their hand if they are good at follow-up. Every time, only a few tentative hands go up. This is why it's so important to have strategic goals and a networking plan so you'll know before you even leave for the event why you're going and who you hope to meet. I recommend writing a draft of your follow-up email before you go to an event. Writing this draft message will guide you through the steps of identifying who you're most excited to meet, either a specific person or a general description, what you hope to talk about, and what you want them to know about you. You'll find a specific guide for writing this draft email in episode 16, Networking for Introverts. Writing this email draft will help you get in the right mindset before going to an event. You'll enter more confident with a stronger sense of purpose. Having clear goals and a strategy will help you meet people that you'll want to stay connected with after the event. While at the event, it's important to separate the cards you were handed after only a brief conversation from the ones where you spoke in depth. This could be different pockets or just by turning down the corner of the cards you want to prioritize. Doing this will make it easier to identify which people you want to prioritize following up with after the event. Ideally, you would also write a note on the back of each business card to remind yourself where you met, 
what you discussed, and any specific follow-up you had planned to do or asked them to do. Personally, I like the physical reminder of receiving a business card, but I've also met people who have found it useful to take a picture of the business cards they want to prioritize. If you're disciplined about organizing your photos after each event, this system may work well for you. Even if you take home a stack of business cards from a conference, it might still be a good idea to take photos of the most important business cards, so you're not risking losing those in the chaos of packing, traveling, and unpacking. Now, since you already have a draft message, or perhaps have drafted several over time, and you've been keeping track of priority connections, you have set yourself up to follow through with follow-up successfully. Schedule an hour within two days of every event or conference to do your follow-up. Actually, put it in your calendar. Schedule this before you leave for the event so it's already in your calendar when you return to overflowing inboxes and a long to-do list. If at all possible, send messages to your priority connections while still at the event. This may lead to the opportunity to meet up again in person. When the time comes, pull out all the cards you had prioritized, open up your library of follow-up messages, and take a few minutes to personalize each one. Include a mention of where you met and what you had discussed. If you just say, it was good to meet you at the event, that isn't very descriptive and won't help a busy networker place you. There is also the chance that they won't respond right away, so you'll want to give them enough clues that they can do so even after a short delay. This message should be relatively brief, three short paragraphs or less. Sending longer messages often results in the recipient skimming, deciding this is an item they need to add to their to-do list, and then putting off responding. So you'll want to be clear at the outset what you're asking if you have a request. Your outreach should be done within a short amount of time, preferably within 48 hours or at most two business days. We are all busy people, and likely the people you hope to connect with are even busier people. It's safe to say that they won't remember you, your brief conversation, if you wait two weeks to send them a follow-up message. My default is to send LinkedIn connection requests instead of an email follow-up for all except the business cards I prioritize. That's because I know how awkward it can be to receive a nice-to-meet-you email that has no next step. Do you reply, you too? Instead, those random cards I received at the conference receive a LinkedIn connection request with a quick note. This leaves me time to do thoughtful follow-up for the conversations that felt more meaningful and have a clear next step. For example, to schedule a call or a Skype or a podcast interview or a dinner invitation. Some people are choosy about who they connect with on LinkedIn, so it's important to send a personal note with each LinkedIn connection request. To do so, make sure that you submit the request from that person's profile page. That's the only way to ensure that you'll be able to send a note with it. Reminding them where you met and what you spoke about will improve your odds of connecting on LinkedIn. Of course, if you already sent an email with a specific request, you can also send a LinkedIn connection request. Before sending the request to connect on LinkedIn, skim their profile to see what or who else you have in common. This will also be a good moment to see if they've been posting blog posts on their LinkedIn profile. Commenting on or sharing their blog posts would help you stay top of mind. The other social media channel I recommend connecting with new contacts on is Twitter. This is particularly useful if they tweet regularly. That way you can stay on their radar by liking and or retweeting their tweets or replying to them. 
Friending on Facebook after a brief meeting at a professional conference should not be the norm. If you connect through a professional Facebook group, then it feels less awkward to send a Facebook friend request. But be aware that some people very carefully keep their Facebook list small, just family and close friends, so your friend request may not be accepted. It doesn't need to be high-tech to be effective. Calling people to catch up would make you stand out in a world where liking someone's post is considered engagement. When I interviewed Susan Rowan, networking expert and author of How to Work a Room, she called these make hay while the sun shines phone calls. Hay stands for how are you? I've been trying to fit a couple of these in each week and people have really enjoyed hearing from me out of the blue. It really is remarkable how personal a phone call is when we usually keep up with each other by reading Facebook updates or tweets. As Susan says, if we are a commodity or a service, we are missing the connection. The only thing that builds connections is conversation, whether online or face-to-face. Incorporate hate calls into your life. Make a short list of 6 to 10 people you want to reach out to. And whenever you have 15 minutes to spare, give one of them a call. That's right, the device in your pocket actually makes phone calls and isn't just for browsing Facebook checking email, and playing the latest game craze. Hosting dinners is a great way to stay connected with people in between events. Hosting private dinner parties has been a very purposeful strategy that has helped Dory Clark, best-selling author of Reinventing You and Stand Out, build a professional network. By being the convener, she is providing something of value for her guests, a welcoming space where they can meet like-minded people. Dory very successfully did this when she moved to New York City, In a new city, surrounded by millions of busy, successful people, she began to host dinner parties for up to 10 guests. When I interviewed her, she said, I love to organize dinners. It's a twofold benefit. Part of it is, I think it's fun for people to go to dinner where they are meeting lots of people. It's high value for them because they're investing a couple of hours but getting to meet eight or 10 really cool people. This networking technique is beneficial for Dory, not just for her guests. She said, It also serves as a networking benefit for me because I have limited amount of time and oftentimes there's a default in our culture to suggest, let's have coffee. That's the standard thing people will suggest if they don't have a compelling reason to do otherwise. And that's nice, but if I had coffee one-on-one with all the people who wanted to, I would never have any time in my schedule. (laughs) And I think she'd also be highly caffeinated. She goes on to say, so instead... Organizing dinner gatherings is a much better way to do it. I'm able essentially to do networking in bulk, spending a few hours one evening every couple of weeks and getting to see tons of people, plus bringing people together from different facets of my life. As Dory rightly pointed out, meeting for coffee with everyone who asks would leave her little time to work on her business. That said, there are times when a one-on-one in-person conversation is incredibly powerful and there are ways to incorporate them into your schedule without getting overwhelmed. The person I've most admired for doing this is Stephanie Chung, a speaker and coach who is known as the high-ticket sales closer. She sets aside a specific day to schedule up to seven in-person meetings. She actually spends the entire day in one location, an upscale hotel restaurant. Starting at 8 a.m., she meets with clients every two hours. Her last appointment starts at 8 p.m., That's seven meetings in 14 hours. Now, you might not have Stephanie's stamina to host seven meetings in one day, but that drive and determination are what led her to win sales awards while closing multi-million dollar deals. 
Apply some of her tips to your life to move towards your own audacious goals. Sometimes staying in one location and having people come to you just isn't possible. If your job requires you to travel a lot, you might be in a different city every week. This is true for Chris Clark Epstein, a change management expert, prolific author, professional speaker, and past president of the National Speakers Association. She's on the road speaking throughout the year. Despite this, she manages to meet in person with a handful of colleagues in between conferences. She does this by keeping track of where each of these colleagues lives and coordinates meeting up with them whenever she's going to be within driving distance from their home. Scott Stratton, who is named one of the top five social media influencers in the world by Forbes.com, said it best when I interviewed him. Nothing beats face-to-face. Virtual is not a substitute for face-to-face. It's an addition or an enhancement. While social media does allow us to keep tabs on each other, it's not as helpful at deepening relationships. For that, nothing beats spending time in person. As Scott goes on to say, never substitute virtual for in-person. Nothing beats it. Virtual helps keep the connection going in between the in-person ones. It's really important, and I would tell this to anyone who thinks they can just do this from their phone. These are just some ways you can stay connected. Try something new or do what feels most comfortable. Just do something. If you regularly go to events, collect lots of business cards, and don't send any follow-up, you are definitely wasting your time. Try to stay in touch even when you don't need something. This could be a quick note of encouragement before a big event that a contact is hosting or congratulations after they publish a book. Set a Google alert for your key contacts so you'll know when they're in the news or keep an eye on the updates from LinkedIn, but don't let too much time pass for your most important relationships and the ones you hope will become significant. Thanks again for listening to this solo episode of On The Schmooze. Is networking an important but your least favorite part of your job? My coaching clients felt the same way. Through a combination of technical tips, accountability, and a bit of inspiration, I help leaders stop wasting time networking and start building great relationships. This summer, I'm launching a beta version of a group coaching program. Over the course of four months, I'll help you move from being anxious and or disillusioned by networking to feeling strategic, effective, and empowered. If this sounds like something you'd want to be a part of, we should set up a time to chat and see if it would be a good fit for you. Email Robbie at RobbieSamuels.com. That's R-O-B-B-I-E at R-O-B-B-I-E-S-A-M-U-E-L-S dot com. Do you host a conference or a convention and want your attendees to feel that your event was incredibly valuable because of all the connections they made? I work with associations and companies to design events that increase engagement and create a welcoming culture for all attendees, especially your first-time attendees. The result is that long-time attendees, presenters, and board members have a host mentality, and all attendees have the tools to strategically build relationships and their professional network at your event. If you want to increase ROI for your attendees, and therefore their retention, email me, and we'll schedule a call. Email Robbie at RobbieSamuels.com. That's R-O-B-B-I-E at R-O-B-B-I-E-S-A-M-U-E-L-S.com. And don't forget, you're invited to apply to join my launch team. Sign up at RobbieSamuels.com slash launch team. Want an easy way to save the tips from today's episode? Download this transcript so you can easily print it or save it in your files. To get started, visit the show notes at OnTheSchmooze.com. Look for episode 48. And if you want to discover other business podcasts, check out C-Suite Radio 
at C-Suite Radio, where you'll find honest schmooze in good company with other C-Suite Radio headliners. I want to sincerely thank all of you who've already subscribed, left a rating review on iTunes. By subscribing, leaving a rating review on iTunes, you're helping this podcast get discovered by more listeners. Will you subscribe and leave an honest rating and review? It's easy to find our iTunes page at itunes.ontheschmooze.com. That's schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. <laughs> Thank you in advance, and I look forward to connecting again next week for a longer episode when I'll be interviewing a talented professional about their untold stories of leadership and networking. We'll explore their career challenges, work-life balance, and how they built a strong professional network on their way to becoming successful leaders. Until then, have an awesome week. Thanks for listening to On the Schmooze podcast at www.ontheschmooze.com. That's On the Schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.